Symbols of Christmas are all around us in stores and on the streets. The beautiful Christmas trees, wreaths, Advent wreath, Advent and Christmas hymns and songs, children's programs. Please take out the sermon notes this morning that have been prepared for you in your bulletin. The one symbol that seems to capture the emotion of Christmas better than any other in your notes is the symbol of home. The symbol of home is themes like home for the holidays. You can think of so many people who go through so much effort, so much expense, so much hassle to get home for Christmas. What is it about home and Christmas? When the home is working right, it's a place of warmth. It's a place of security. It's a place of comfort, a place of acceptance and understanding and empathy, nurturing and forgiveness and healing, growth and encouragement. Home is where, in your notes, home is where we belong. Home is where we belong and all those adjectives that can be used for the relationship that we have with Jesus himself. Look at Psalm 90, verse 1. It's the prayer of Moses talking about God. He writes, Lord, through all generations, you have been our home. In other words, God, you have been the place where we have found security and comfort and love, acceptance and salvation. You are where we belong. And in your notes, all people belong with God. That's the point that God is making here. All people belong to God. For the Christian, the Bible goes even further. If you are a follower of Jesus, God says, I have assignment, I have a purpose, a plan for your life. Once you have found your home in Jesus, you need to point the way for others who are still seeking. And you notice God's people need to point the way home. Did you hear that? See, once you have found your home in Jesus, you're to be pointing the way for people who are wandering lost, who are far from God. It was true also in the Old Testament. Look at Jeremiah 31, verse 22, where God says, How long will you wander before you come home? There are people in our neighborhoods, in our offices, in our work sites, in our schools, in the malls, even in our own families who are wandering aimlessly through life without hope, without direction, without purpose, without God, without forgiveness, without the security that we have eternal life in heaven. And God says, I have a plan. I have a plan for you to fulfill, and it is this. And you know, God wants you to live a maximum impact life by pointing people towards their home in Jesus. Nothing is more important than that. God wants you to live with a maximum impact by pointing people home in Jesus. Look at Mark 16, verse 15, where Jesus says to us, Go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one, to all. Not only will we, the result be that there's a whole bunch of people who are today wandering lost, aimless, who then will find home through Jesus. 
but in this very process of encouraging other people in their spiritual walk, in pointing them toward home, your own life will be revolutionized. Nothing will stoke the fires of your own spiritual life more than intentionally setting forth each day with a plan, God's plan. Open up, as he opens up opportunities, you'll do your best to point people toward their home in Jesus. And in your notes, bringing people home to Jesus increases your prayer life. You're asking in prayer God to help you with words to say and to lead you, to guide you, because you cannot do it on your own. So you pray with an urgency that you have perhaps not done before, except maybe during a personal physical illness or that of a family member. Your prayer life is increased. And you know it's bringing people home also impacts your worship life. You're worshiping God of a second chance. You know that God loves these people who are lost and wandering aimlessly even more than we do. God wants to bring these people home to heaven. Bringing people home in your notes also adds to your own study of the scriptures. You study the scriptures. You take on the whole new dimension and excitement when you do because you are now looking for not just biblical truth or abstracts, but you're looking for answers and guidance that will help a friend in their journey home into Jesus. Look with me at three ordinary people who lived God's extraordinary plan for their lives. So in your notes, number one, we'll use the name Bill. Bill had a tenacious love for people, for people who are far from God. Bill was your average guy. He worked as a financial consultant. He lived in the suburbs. He wasn't rich, but he wasn't poor. He was average. But he was a Christian. He had no theological degree, but he always was so grateful to God that he had taken him from the path of aimlessness, but he was truly thankful to God. When Bill died at his funeral, there were 20 people who stood up and told how Bill was used by God to point them home to heaven with Jesus. People were glad to tell how Bill brought the message of hope and eternal life through Jesus. How Bill pointed them to the home that they could have in heaven. What a lesson of how an ordinary man lived out God's extraordinary plan. One story comes about a man who was begging for money one day. Bill stopped to offer him help. He said, how about if we go to lunch and I buy it? The man agreed. At lunch, at this very little restaurant, they sat down, and Bill says, tell me your story. And they build a relationship, a friendship, over that meal. So Bill says, why don't you come over to my house and celebrate the 4th of July with us? We have a cookout in the backyard, and you can join us. He even provided money for a bus ticket. Then the fourth came, there was no new friend. So Bill got into his car, he went downtown, and he found him sleeping on a park bench. He picked him up, cleaned him up, put him in his car, drove him out to his home, and he fed them a meal. They celebrated the 4th of July together. In the next few hours, they continued to talk. They talked about God and how God loves him, cares for him, 
that God wants to take him home to heaven. Together they prayed and continued to learn about Jesus. A few days later, this homeless man died. That is the mission of Jesus, though. That's why Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, just like Jesus. Bill had a tenacious love for people who were far from God. God's love pursues us also. God's love comes after us. God's love overwhelms each of us. Just look at Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5. But God is rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were spiritually dead and doomed by our sins, we are just like that homeless man on a park bench. He gave us back our lives again when he raised Christ from the dead. Only by his undeserved favor have we ever been saved. So Jesus does not give up on us. Bill did not give up on his friends. But let's apply that. Let's apply that to our own lives. Some people feel that they would like to work in in the church where they can separate themselves from the world. We have to be aware that we don't develop an us versus them mentality. In your notes, our application, just beware of developing an us versus them mentality. Because God places us in an environment for a reason. That's the place where you can have maximum impact. Those people are wandering far from home. They don't know where home is even at. You are the person God put there to point them the way home. Those people are not your enemies. Satan is always the enemy. People are loved by God with a very tenacious and outrageous kind of love. God has put you there to point them home like Bill. Sometimes we give up too easily. Sometimes we start, stop praying. We stop praying for people. Sometimes we stop looking for opportunities to point people toward their home. Sometimes we just give up. Have you known someone's attitude and lifestyle that's so out of whack, so immoral and hostile, so far from Jesus that you simply write them off your prayer list? So let me ask you a question. Who have you written off? Who have you crossed off your list as too far from God to reach? In effect, when we write someone off, we're making the decision for them. We're saying that they will never bend the knee to Jesus. We don't have to drag someone to church, obviously. But we certainly can pray for them. We can be kind to them. We can look for opportunities, especially around the Christmas season, to gently point them their way home. So write their names down. Maybe you can invite them to your home. Maybe you can bring them to church. Number two in your notes. The second ordinary person to live God's extraordinary plan is, we'll use the name Bob. Bob met people's very practical needs in Jesus' name. There was a lady named Mary who shared her experience with Bob. Her husband packed his bags, moved out, and just left, never to be seen again. Mary, with her three kids, felt hopeless, helpless, depressed, needed money to get by. So Bob and his wife rallied around this family and gathered several of their friends, and they brought her to church to hear the message that God is a God who will be a husband to those who lost their husband. 
Bob and his wife took her out to lunch, gave her encouragement, helped her see that God had not forsaken her and that they will help her walk through this. They and their friends would be praying for her. And as they left that lunch, Mary shook hands with them and Bob pressed something into her hand as they left. Mary looked and it was two $100 bills. Turned out that Bob had this habit. Bob had this habit of keeping a little place in his wallet where he squirreled away some money. And every day that he would get up, he would say, Lord, Lord, lead me to a person that I'm supposed to give this help to today. And many days they would have no one. But every once in a while, God would bring someone like Mary into his life. And God would be, Bob would be ready to give to that person a very tangible expression of the grace of God. See, words are great, but when you can back these words up with tangible expressions, there's something that cuts deep into the soul. And that's what just like Jesus did. Jesus did not just say he loved us and loved the world. Jesus proved it by being tangible. He healed the sick. He restored eyesight to the blind. He healed the leper. He fed the hungry. In fact, he gave his life on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Then Jesus told us, his followers, look at Matthew 5, verse 16. Your light must shine before people so that they will see the good things you do and give praise to your Father in heaven. The Greek word for good things in your notes there means attractive things. Jesus is saying that we should serve other people in an attractive way, in a practical way, a way that will win and attract them to home, to come home to Jesus. So in your notes, our application, look for ways to show your faith and not just share your faith. Look for ways to show your faith and not just tell it verbally. This Christmas season is a perfect time. And you know, it's Christmas is a season of giving. It's an opportunity to look into the lives of people around us and ask, do they have practical needs in their life that I can meet in the name of Jesus? People have been laid off. People have lost loved ones. People are scared. People are hurting. People are looking for hope. Can you help people, people with practical needs in Jesus' name? Can you then invite them to a place where they can learn of a God who does give hope? Number three, the third ordinary person in your notes. To live God's extraordinary plan is a person I call Carol. Carol made the most out of opportunities in your notes. The most out of opportunities to point people toward God. She made the most out of opportunities pointing people to Jesus. She spent the last years of her life fighting cancer. Time and time again, Carol found opportunities with many other people who had cancer or who worked around cancer patients and visited with their family members. She loved to talk to these people about the Lord Jesus, pointing them home. And right up to the end, she would ask if this nurse or that person knew the way home to Jesus, what courage she had. And Carol was a member of our church and school staff. Look at Colossians 4, verse 5. Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Be wise in all of your contacts with them. So let's apply this. 
our application, pray and ask God to each day to open opportunities, to open opportunities and then for the courage, the courage to follow through. Christmas provides so many opportunities when we meet friends, family, and new people. They always get to that question. Finally, it's like saying, hey, how have things been going? Well, what an opportunity that is. Oh, you can be safe and say, oh, I bought a new set of golf clubs and I just broke 80 for the first time. Or you can seize the opportunity and say, hey, this has been a great year because I've grown in my relationship with God. I've read this book. I've been in this small group for the first time. And it's been so helpful. If you're not doing anything, I would like to bring you with me to church on Christmas Eve. I think you would enjoy it. In the coming weeks, we have invitational Christmas postcards of our Christmas worship services. And you can hand deliver them personally. You can share cards with a waitress when you eat dinner out. You can share an invitation with the clerk in a grocery store. See, God uses ordinary people to impact lives for eternity. But there's nothing that Bill and Bob and Carol did that you cannot do. Just three simple steps to bring people home this Christmas. Number one in your notes, you stop. Stop long enough for people to come into your focus. This is such a hurried season. Everybody goes by in a blur. So we need to stop long enough to look into the face of people Realize that God loves them and they need to find Jesus. Just look at Mark 10, verse 49 and 51. Jesus stopped in his tracks and said, What can I do for you? Jesus restored his high sight in your nose. We stop and we bring people home. One by one. We need to stop and bring people home. One by one. Number two, look. Look for specific ways to point people toward God. Look for specific ways. Look at Mark 10, verse 21. Jesus looked him hard in the eye, and he loved them. The eye is the window of the rich man's soul. Jesus looked into his eyes and saw his needs. Stop, and then look to their eyes. And then you look for specific ways to point people to Jesus. In your notes, what needs do people have? The answer always, Jesus, they need Jesus. Jesus is the answer to every need. Lonely people, they need Jesus. Depressed people need Jesus. Fearful people need Jesus. Number three, listen. Listen for God's guidance. In reaching out to others, listen for God's guidance in reaching out. Let God help you to take the needed steps to help. Just look at John 10, 25, where Jesus said to us, My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them, they follow me. To many people, the noises of our culture, especially around Christmas, blocks out the voice of God. All people need to do come home for Christmas. Three simple steps that we need to take this Christmas. In conclusion, you just stop, you look, and listen. Amen.